0: Well, good morning, Breakfast at the Broker, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. You know, um, there's all these things that are going on in this world, and we um, are here to, you know, kind of advocate for community, advocate for professionalism, perpetuate that professionalism and collaboration within the industry. And we continue to do that with um, bringing value to you as as our watchers, our viewers, our followers, um, and this guest, uh, this next guest will not disappoint. So without further ado, and now by way of Coral Springs, Florida, she is a broker associated at Coldwell Banker. She is also a global luxury investment property specialist. She has more letters after her name than the alphabet, including GRI, CIPS, AHWD instructor, SFR, and she can even help with your real estate needs in Dubai. She is your 2021 Educator of the Year and Florida Realtors Director. She is Deborah Bethune. Woo! <laughs> Boy, that,
1: that is the best introduction I've ever had. I mean, wow. Thank you. I'm so like. Who is that? Who is who is she? Who is she? Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> and oh, good morning
1: are... to the Breakfast with the Broker audience. Good morning, David. And thank you for having me here and, you know, sharing on your
0: platform. Well, you know, you know, it's it's amazing because as you go through this journey and, and, and you know, when people say, you know, leadership journey and, and where you're going through and such, and, and you're looking at it and you're going, you know, well, why do you, Why do you volunteer your time? Why do you give back? And most of it is building relationships. Um, I would have never met you. Right. Our our past probably would have never crossed, um, unless it was through a real estate transaction or, you know, through, you know, maybe an event or something. But, you know, I was so impressed when, um, you did our leadership orientation and, you know, really just kind of teaching and giving us, um, some things to think about and, you know, obviously uh, diversity is a big, big deal right now. And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about how you teach and, you know, how do you get people who, you know, have thought one way and don't, and don't believe that, um, you know, maybe at home with diversity, you know, as far as that, the course and such like that, they don't believe one way they they need to be kind of taught and maybe informed a little bit more.
1: Okay, so, you know, there's diversity when we say that word, you know, people sort of either sit up straight or they sort of crunch down, you know, it's everything from diversity, equity, inclusion, when we start talking about, you know, discrimination and what's, you know, some things were brought to light in 2020 and impacts, uh, but it's nothing new, it's nothing new. as, as far as for me and when I'm teaching a particular session, I like engagement. Um, I'm not the one that wants to just stand up there and wah, wah, wah and you know, what I've learned research. and research. You know, I definitely share that, but it's about the audience. It's about experiences. It's about making an impact and, and it's for all of us, including myself, we're ever changing. Um, when we talk about implicit biases, for example, it's important to understand that it's it's it isn't just one phenomenon. It's it's across the board. It's in every country. It's every gender. Every se- across it's across our board, and so I, I like to understand uh, the individual experience.
0: Yeah, you know, it's um, you know, implied bias. You know, when um, you were discussing it, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we self reflect, we we think that you know we've done nothing wrong, right? That, um, you know, we're not, you know, um, I'm Jewish, you know, I would never be um, discriminatory or use discriminatory practices. But when you bring up implied bias and you start talking about it, um, there are things that you need to change. And, you know, um, you know, whether it's phrases or things that you have always said in the past um, doesn't mean that they're right. It just means that, you know, sometimes you got to think about and self-reflect. As to you know, and be careful as to what your words, because you know, despite what you know, the stick and, sticks and stones may uh, hurt your bones, or words, or never. That doesn't that's, that doesn't hold true because words do hurt.
1: And and that is so true, David. You know, we have to, as you said, reflect because it starts with reflection within ourselves and not always having, as I say, the block, the boxing gloves on, wanting to, to defend ourselves because I was raised this way and, and my parents didn't teach me this and, and I've given to this charity and I do this. But it's a lot more than that. And when I say it's all of us, it's all of us. You know, we have to look at those jokes that we have in the corner, in the dark with ourselves or with our family and friends and things that we laugh at um, and how our impact is to others. Um, I grew up in South Florida. And I went to school in the Deep South, Alabama. And so coming. (laughs) Well, well, tied, but it was it was uh, was Tuskegee. I went to HBCU. So for those that may be on a call or may be listening and and not that's a historically black colleges and university. So coming from South Florida and then going to Alabama, you think, you know, Miami is as far south as you can get. Trust me. There's, there's a lot more the south so, than Miami.
0: <laughs> so I don't know if you noticed, know but I went to University of Alabama. Okay. So, uh, so you know the interesting thing, and we'll, we'll talk about this. You know, and, and and I still remember this very, very vividly. So when I was driving up to when my parents are driving me up to move me into the uh, to the school. Um, it was very late at night. I think we're going through somewhere around Dothan, Alabama Mm -hmm. and, um, and, and it's really different, right? This was back in what 1991. So when you're looking at 1991, you know, um, hopefully things have changed somewhat, but when we were driving through, there was almost like a scene out of the twilight zone. You had uh, a a police officers about 1030 at night in the middle of the road saying, Oh, no, you can't go down there. You have to go down this. It'll be about 45 minutes around, you know, you're going to have to take this dark desolate highway which is a one or two lane road, you know, and so we did. And it was my first, you know, I've, I've been, you know, just being Jewish you've been somewhat words discriminatory or what, I, what what you know, um people say things or whatever. But it was my first kind of things and say, wow, you know, this is different because we saw burning crosses. We saw um, the KKK um, groups, you know, um, as we're driving at 11 o'clock at night down a dark, desolate highway. So, you know, when you look at, um, you know, how things affect you, because it doesn't matter whether you're white, black, green, yellow, Jewish, Catholic, we've all been discriminated, right? We've all been discriminated and we just have to do better.
1: Yes, that is so true, and as you were saying, the Alabama experience was exactly that. Those, you know, come, maybe haven't had that experience, the Deep South, and I was there, you were saying the early 90s, I was there in the early 80s, um, and so it was even more intense. And just as you said, certain roads you couldn't go down, you know, pretty much, as they say, even in the 80s, you know, don't not after dark, I mean, the list goes on. And also with that experience, um, because the university, it was a very diverse university. Tuskegee was known for, you know, Tuskegee Airmen, um, aerospace engineering, biological sciences and so forth, and agriculture and veterinary medicine. And so there were a lot of students from other countries that was often there. And that was really my first experience because I grew up in South Florida with people from everywhere. I mean, and it was that there, our, our concept of diversity and the labels as Americans that we often put on people was then shown to me that as an American, just from my upbringing, unconsciously implicit biases, that what did I think of someone from Africa? What did I think of someone from the UK? What did I think of someone from the Middle East? And that was really the first interaction that I had, and then from there, my, adult, uh, my adulthood, I moved to Atlanta, very diverse community, um, a, a lot different and more engagement where you, it, it gives you an opportunity to, as they say, it, it, diversity truly is experienced when you're putting your feet under somebody's dining room table. And so whether you are invited, if you couldn't go home for Thanksgiving, you know, your neighbor will come on over with that, you know, come on over to our home and whatever. And you're like, oh, really? You know, and and so that's where we begin to really practice and see and, you know, and, and have an engagement. So it starts with us. It starts with us as realtors. as you know, what are we doing as gatekeepers and guides to real estate, to wealth? Um, How are we having those engagements with our inner circle? It starts first and to broaden out to our other colleagues, to our our community and so forth. So it's an ever-changing, ever-evolving process for ourselves. You know, how can I do better? I personally, how can I do better? Where's an opportunity that I can see to expand my thoughts and, and have healthy conversations with individuals that are unlike myself so I can have a better understanding.
0: Yeah, you know, um, it's funny because in South Florida, you're not going to get invited to someone else's dining table. Dining room table. Atlanta, you may. Alabama, you may. (laughs) South Florida, maybe not. That's true. Um, That's true. (laughs) And
1: and that is so impactful. That shows, you know, when I moved back here because I lived in Atlanta 20 plus years. So it's a totally different culture people embrace each other and, and again when you move into a neighborhood and because they don't have all of those gated communities and you know separation and the this group is over here and this group is over here everybody's in the same community you move in you have Uh, there's the housewarming committee that comes over and (laughs) and brings you something and tells you the coffee, this shop up here has the best coffee and this one, you can pick this up and so forth. Oh, you know, you can't pick up your child from school. Oh, I'm, you know, I can pick them up when I'm, so it's, it's having that it's, we have to learn to kind of break down our silos, break down our walls, um, invite people into our lives, have those healthy conversations and and so forth. It's just, it's different where we are, but we can make it better individually.
0: So, you know, you know, we talk about realtors doing better. We talk about people doing better. Um, You know, what specifically can a realtor do, you know, besides the self-reflection to really just kind of, you know, maybe, maybe further themselves to understand you know, what they're doing, um, may or may not be the right way of, um, um, acting and or, um, you know, discussing with clients and such, because, you know, no one wants, you know, that phone call or that, you know, fair housing, you know, um, you know, uh, of uh, complaint and or violation to come you know to come to them and and, and people don't understand it well why do, I didn't do that you know everyone else is doing it or or or, or, or my part, you know my mentor is doing it or what have you. how can realtors do better?
1: Absolutely or um, I've been doing this for 10 20 years and I've never had a complaint. You know, the list goes on. So one thing for sure, other than, <clears throat> excuse me, other than the reflection is training. Training is not a one-time act and done. So when it comes to, because we're talking about soft skills, we're talking about emotional impact, we're talking about, you know, slowly t- turning turning the, the car the other direction from our mindset because implicit biases is, is so, because it is based upon unconscious thinking that we've just done it so repeatedly that it just becomes habit. And that takes time to change. It becomes knowledge to kind of look at assessments when we're taking certain trainings, uh, when we're taking our fair housing training, uh, be the change, uh, at home with diversity. Uh, There are a number of trainings, implicit biases, uh, trainings that we will continue to roll out throughout uh, the year. Um, And and just opening, I think even before that, really the step back, as you said, with reflection is being open. Because you can take all the trainings in the world, get all of the alphabet soups after your name, but unless you truly are being open with yourself to say, okay, this is something I would like to learn more about. I would like to learn more about engagement. Yesterday was, uh, we celebrated uh, Martin Luther King the holiday for uh, Dr. Martin Luther King. And so again, opportunities, where do we see opportunities to participate in events, to go to uh, parades, uh, to go to a speech, a lecture, um, uh, events that are happening in other parts of the community that we may not normally go to. And that's for all for everyone. I mean, myself, everyone to go to an event that maybe you are familiar with, or an organization that you're familiar with, and let's invite others to those events so that they can experience. So we can start having healthy dialogue. So we can start seeing each other in a more of a human light, as, as we all uh, being on the same. That so that that would be one. That would definitely be one.
0: Yeah, agreed. I mean, uh, you know, what we kind of say is, you know, you know, we're all we're, we're all the same I and mean, we, we're a product of our own environment and our own experiences. But, you know, essentially, we're all people and we all have feelings. We all have things that, you know, that maybe uh, offend us, um, things that don't offend us. But um, we're all people and, and, and don't, you know, kind of judge a book by its cover, you know, um, get to understand and, and, and know. So you know, um, maybe even asking questions with the intent to understand, you know, um, or to have clarity. Um, exactly. You know, moving on to you know safety, right? So you know, safety uh obviously been a huge um, thing, and and you know, um, <coughs> as realtor safety, and it's come to light, you know, um, you with know, the tragic death of uh, Sarah Trost in in, in Coral Springs, in, in in your area as well. You know. Um, you know, it, it's just, it, it, you know, it's frustrating when you look at it that there are so many people out there that, you know, are, are just not good people, right? They, they, do, they, they do not great things. So, you know, how does a realtor protect themselves? Um, you know, what are some maybe tips or advice that you can give to our viewers that, um, you know, may help, uh, you know, in the future?
1: You know, David, safety uh, with our business, Everything we do, whether it's you know making sure that we follow up with our lead and making sure that you know I be the first to respond and the first to show the property and the first to get the listing, you know our business is based upon um, speediency. You know just kind of following. Uh, We market. Our names are out there. Anyone we give out business cards. They're they're everywhere. We we advertise. So we're open to the public. Um, Our our address, oftentimes when they look at, um, they can go to DBPR and and look up our, our mailing address or our home address, whatever. So we have to, first of all, be fully aware that we are, you know, open to the public. We truly are open to the public. And with that being said, unfortunately, there are individuals that don't have the kindness of heart in every circumstance and situation. And even though we're, we're constantly branding ourselves, marketing, and building our business, we must be fully cognizant that um, of making ourselves aware of our surroundings, of where we are, making our family, friends, and colleagues uh, seeking opportunities for which we can partner up. Um, if we get a phone call and someone wants to see a property. know having that that kind conversation of okay you know taking a step back you know making sure you're getting their information their phone number uh there are websites that some brokerages have partnered with that you can then research to find out who that person actually is um partnering with somebody in your office to say you know i'm going over here to 123 main street would you like to go along with me and then we can stop and have some lunch some coffee Everything is an opportunity uh, for us to kind of engage with our safety, uh, asking the person on the phone, you know, well, I, you know, they want to see the property right away and this. Well, how did you hear about me? You know, oh, well, I, I saw your ad over here and you know that. OK, well, I don't advertise there, you know, so you have to really look at a, a number of things. Uh, we take safety very seriously. Um, there's a lot to be discussed regarding safety, um, informing others, making sure that you're doing the right things when you uh, go to a property, um, getting ID. And this is not just showings. We tend to think that it's all more so on the buying side. But let's be realistic. We go into people homes who we don't know, sit at their coffee table, dining room table, Walk through their home in, in places that no one knows that we are, we're in somebody's closet. So, all of those things we need to kind of rethink sometimes or get information, um, even their ID when you're going to, to, to schedule a, a, a listing presentation Monday at two o'clock. Well, having that conversation with the prospective seller, doing the research, and saying, okay, you have to establish, meaning you as a real estate professional. Business practices. And so what are those, what do those business practices look like? I require a copy of your ID. I require this, so forth. And that's also on my website, so that then it doesn't appear that back to our previous conversation, you're being discriminatory. You're requiring it for one person, but you're not requiring it for another. And so again, partnering up, even if you're an experienced agent. Um, I know oftentimes we don't like to uh, maybe take another on our listing presentation because we want to keep our secret sauce to ourselves, you know, but, you know, opening that door to, to sometimes maybe there's a younger agent in the office that can, you know, uh, to go to that listing presentation with you. So it's at least two of you letting your office know, okay, I'm going here, you know, so there are a list of things that we will talk about, um, but it, it, it starts with being aware.
0: So, you know, and a lot of agents use forewarn. um, uh, Marshall Marshall Sklar actually introduced a couple years ago um, uh, to me and and, and it's somewhere around $20 a month, but it gives you an opportunity to, um, you know, to see who you're you're dealing with. You know, um, but let's talk about since we've talked about, um, you know, um, implied bias and we've talked about, you know, discrimination and now we're talking about safety. They almost go hand in hand because you got to be very careful with, you know, as you said, you know, don't do one you know, thing and then not do it for another that everyone has to go through the same process um, to be equal. Right. You know, but how do you do that when really you're almost profiling? Because I remember several times where I've seen something in the past or, or background that, you know, I may feel threatened by but you may not or someone else may not. How, I mean, it's, it's a real tough kind of catch 22. Um, you know, how do you do it the right way?
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. That is a great question because again, we don't want to be caught up. Well, you treated this person this way. So first of all, I say it starts with business practices. What are your business practices? If anyone that has worked in corporate America You do you put the widget the same way you build the widget consistently customer service. This is what we do consistently. So first of all, identify your business practices and make it public, meaning on your website. So when you get that call today and someone wants to see a property or they want you to come over for a showing, then say, you know, go through your list of questions that you've already identified. Drive them to your website to review your business practices. That way you've established this is how I'm going to treat you. You have your fair housing disclosure there and you're having that conversation now, but then also Monday at 2 o'clock when you're meeting with them as well. So your business practices will set the form for you as well as your customer client, because now they know, okay, you will require a, a government picture ID before you meet with someone if you're feeling uncomfortable, instead of meeting at their home, maybe we'll meet at the office first so we can go over paperwork that we're going to require for the listing presentation. And then I will schedule so that typically we just kind of go to the house. There are other ways around that. You can have them come to the office to kind of meet to go over the paperwork, talk about your business process, what the marketing looks like, and then we will schedule a tour of your home. You see? Versus... Let me just go to the home with my paperwork and so forth. So if they're not willing to come to your office, then that may be a sign or, you know, meet over coffee at Panera Bread Starbucks or something. But there are opportunities that we have to look at to reevaluate how we actually do business and then actually put it in writing. This is what I require. I require an ID for each person. Uh, you know, when you're asking them, maybe who has title to the property, you're looking at a listing and they say it's, it's only, it's only a uh, David. But then when you do your research, you see it's David and three other people. So again, having those converse, it's all about conversation, communication and doing it in a soft enough way that hopefully they understand, but it's your business practice.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was, um, several years ago, um. I, I had an issue and, you know, one of the issues is, and it always looked like a self-reflect, like how I could do it better. Right. So I had, a, I had um just to give you an experience, I had a, a, um, a client, I was really, you know, I was really busy and I had a listing and it was around 1.3 million or somewhere on there. And, um, and someone called, uh, you know, can I see it at three o'clock today? And, And normally I ask qualifying questions and whatever, but I was busy. So I didn't. And, you know, I asked, you know, the one thing I did ask was, you know, um, you know, um, you pre-qualify, you're paying cash, you know. And and she said, well, I think I'm going to pay cash. And um, is it just you or or are you coming with someone else? No, it's just me. So they show up and they show up, you know, two people. One of them, you know, um, looks, I mean. She looked like she was on something, Um, you know, um, just from glassy eyes, uh, you know, um, just very like, you know, very just erratic behavior, you know, just when asking questions of vagueness, um, things of that nature. I escorted them in and I left um, one of the things is, you know, Laura um, McAllister yes so laura did a safety class about a week before this happened and one of the things i remember she said that you never you always want to be have your back to the front door and be the closest to the front door so i i went through the front door i I showed around a little bit i left the door open girl the both girls went down the hallway and the first thing they said dave i want to show you something and the hallway was basically no reason. It was going to the garage. There's nothing to show me. It was a brand new house. So I said, yeah, no, no, no. And I just felt threatened. You know, I felt like they were not there to purchase the house. So what else could they possibly be for? But, you know, then I called the police um, and um, you know, I said, I I told them I had an emergency and I had to leave. And, um, and then the police said, no, you're being racist and i said racist i didn't even mention whether it was black or white mm-hmm. all i mentioned was it i felt threatened i felt like they were not there to purchase the house so what were they there for like wh- what could possibly there's nothing to steal there there's nothing to like there's no reason other reason that i could come up with you know and how to how to handle it so you know we do come in these uh situations and experiences and we got to do you know we certainly have to do better and self-reflect but um a lot of times there's extenuating circumstances that you just try and, you know, avoid as well.
1: And it's always our instincts. still, regardless, I would, you always follow your instincts, you know, and you look at, you know, for example, you know, opening the property, having them go in, you know, it's vacant and you just say, okay, I'll stand here and you go ahead and walk through or have somebody call you or you say, you know what, I need to make a call really quick. I need to check on something. And and that's not being rude and it's not really misdirecting your attention, but it's calling the office. There's whether it's the office, whether it's a family member or whomever, you know, putting someone on notice this is where I am, this is who I'm going with, this is the, you know, and even like I say, the driver's license, not going, I would never go, whether it's into someone's home or to shore property, if I don't have that information. Because if you're not willing to do that, then you need to find another agent who, who will not require that because that's part of my business practices. And to establish that and when you send them, whether you're having the conversation or telling them and you have their your ID or your vehicle and the drivers, this is part of safety. And when you have that, that conversation initially, either they understand or they don't. But at the end of the day, you have to be a proactive, you know, uh, agent to make sure that you're doing the right thing for yourself while you're doing your business and conducting your business.
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I thank you for, uh, for the doing this. And I certainly appreciate you, you know, you have a way with, with, um, words and, and, and being able to be a great educator, um, for so many. And, uh, we you. certainly appreciate you giving back to the business and the industry because it's so important to have these conversations, and to understand each other so that, you know, we can do better in the future. So thank you, Deborah. Yes. Thank um, you. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Thank you, you. audience.
0: So we have, we always, we always end this uh, s- uh, segment on two questions. One is. Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> you didn't
1: your, me for this part.
0: No, I did not. Who's your favorite, uh, what's your favorite streaming series? If you watch streaming TV like Netflix, um, Hulu, any of uh, that kind of stuff. Okay.
1: Does anybody know
0: Money Heist? Oh, Money Heist is great. Yeah. Oh, I love Money I'm Heist. I'm hooked.
1: I'm hooked. Yeah, Money I'm Heist. I'm so is sad great. after this. Oh my goodness, I'm
0: hooked. <laughs> um and what are you currently watching?
1: I am currently I'm actually watching the the fifth series of Money Heist.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome. I uh yeah. it's a it's a great show if you What about watched. you? So, um we currently are watching 1883. Okay. Um, uh, it's the precursor to um, uh, Yellowstone. So it's oh, the- I love Yellowstone. Yeah. So
1: eighteen eighty
0: three okay. is on uh, uh, Paramount. It's also on Amazon Prime through Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it it really has a great cast. Actually, Tim McGraw's in it, Faith Hill, and um, a few others. And and Tim McGraw is excellent mm-hmm. as an actor. Which you know, who knew that he could yeah. act as well. But um, uh, yeah, it's very it's very good. It's interesting. Okay, um, I'm just, putting
1: that on my list.
0: I just finished Cobra Kai, and it, you know my wife hates it, but uh, it's just funny. You know, it's like the you know the 1980s. You know, bringing you back to the uh, the uh, 80s and 90s, and uh, I don't know. I kind of like it. It's 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 entertaining. But I would say my favorite of all time, though, is probably um. Maybe something, de- maybe Dexter. I really, really like Dexter.
1: Dexter. I haven't
0: watched the new season yet, but um. Oh, okay. It's it's with uh, the uh, comedy. Know. Uh, a um. No, it's a, it's about a serial killer who's like oh. goes back. He goes back and um, yeah, he, he, he people that have wronged and and done some bad stuff. He is um, yeah, it, it was pretty interesting. Okay. But I love Money Heist as well.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. Um, well,
1: i got to take a look at 1883, and I'll let yeah, you know. But I know I love Western, so if it's Oh, based it's really you down, good.
0: Yeah. It's really, you'll yeah. like that a lot then. <laughs> well, thank you, Deborah. I really, really appreciate thank it. You. We'll see you thank in you Orlando uh, soon, and uh, yes. and thank you for all you do for our industry. And um, if we need to contact you or someone wants to reach out to you, um, you know, maybe they have an office um and they want to um you know do um you know potential courses or things of that nature to um get up to date with at home with diversity or fair haven or safe or safety classes how can they contact you
1: sure my contact number my phone is 678-938-3962 or my website deborah bethune B-E-T-H-U-N-E dot
0: com. Awesome. Well, um, thank you very much and have a wonderful week. Uh, Bye, guys. Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday at 9 a.m. We have an exciting guest next Tuesday as well. And, Deborah, thanks so much and be well.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.